Hi all, Ron Fredman here. It's my pleasure to welcome you to this edition of Step Up, brought to you by Steppen Rothwell, financial advisors, a national fee-only firm based in Kansas City. Today's topic, one of the originals. Joining me are Kathy Steppen, Howard Rothwell, the founders of Steppen Rothwell. Kathy, Howard, hello. Hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. It's good to see you both. Nearly 30 years ago, you had an idea, a couple of them actually, to be a fee-only financial planning firm, one of the first in the country, and to merge your successful consulting practices into what is now a powerful company with clients in 36 states. Before we go any further, what does fee-only mean, and how does it separate your type of firm from others? We used to define what we do in terms of the way we were paid because fee-only means that the clients paid us fees for our advice, and it was the only form of compensation we got. Mm -hmm. There aren't many professionals who define what they do in terms of the way they're paid, but in our business it's important because what we mean is we aren't paid from any other source, so we're not swayed toward selling any products. In other words, we don't earn commissions ever of any kind. Why did you pick that model? That was a bit of a pioneering move on at the time, wasn't it? Well, you know, at the time, which was you know, in the in the 80s, really, mm-hmm. and before that, you know, pretty much all financial services that consumers in America were ex- able to experience were brought to them by salespeople. Mm-hmm. You're a, you know, a stockbroker, an insurance agent, a registered representative selling mutual funds. And they were all compensated by commissions. You know, fee only to us really is a synonym for objective, meaning, you know, we get 100% of our revenue paid to us by clients for us to provide completely objective advice. And it's hard for us to imagine, you know, how someone who is going to get paid based on what you end up doing can be objective. We believe it isn't possible. Because they have they have other objectives, which includes selling you something so they can make a commission. Absolutely. In fact, they have a fiduciary duty to their employer, and our duty is only to our clients. That's a key differentiator. Anything else that separates this type of company and your company from others out there? Absolutely, because we still do, and we have from the beginning, pure financial planning, which means we are actually meeting with all of our clients on a regular basis about all of the areas of their personal finance, not just investments, which is what most of the world looks like now in our field. So we're talking about taxes and cash flow and insurance and college funding and special needs uh, trusts and things like that that really affect people's lives. All right. The, the operative second adjective is comprehensive. So when I tell people what we do, it's, you know, we are objective and comprehensive. And, you know, there's been a movement away from those brokers and all that I talked mm-hmm. about before over the decades, you know, and a movement toward what really is money management, meaning, yes, they will tr- someone will charge you a fee to open an account and then build a portfolio and manage that those investments for you as opposed to being a stockbroker who's paid on a transactional basis. So, yeah, there's a lot more fee-type services being provided, but there are absolutely very few that are comprehensive all the time. Thank you. I, you know, creating a business and forging a partnership is a risky venture. By far, the majority of startups don't make it through the first year, and by year five, the number round is still even lower. Yet here we are. 
three decades later. What's the secret? We started when we were 10. (laughs) Um, You know, the secret is a saying that one of our colleagues came up with here in our company, which is, it's because we really do what people really want. What does that mean, Kathy? It means that people think that they want help with investments, but they find out that we help them organize their entire financial life and understand what they've created and what they can do and where they can head, and we help them to get there. It really is a full, big picture, bird's eye view of their futures financially. What's the best piece of advice you can give for somebody considering starting a business? I I think in any business, the most important thing is you have to truly believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're selling something in a retail store or providing lawn care or providing professional advice. If you don't believe in what you're doing, it's really hard to make it you know, become a success. We live and breathe what we do every day for decades, and we just honestly think that what we do is the most valuable way that we can help people, and you know, they pay us you know, for our service. It's, it's a win-win. Kathy, you're from Michigan, Howard, Pennsylvania. What were you doing professionally in your previous life? Well, I'm glad you asked that because really we are both first-generation fee-only comprehensive financial planners Mm -hmm. because we both started careers in the 80s. So there wasn't a previous professional life. My degree's in accounting and I did work for tax preparation firms and that helped because I actually did hands-on tax prep. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was it for me before going into financial planning. I, mean, I worked for Arthur Anderson for one year before I went back to the Wharton School of Finance to get my MBA. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I decided I really didn't want to you know, go work on Wall Street in, in that kind of a job. And it just turned out that the, the two professors there were writing you know, the original textbook on personal financial planning. And so I kind of fell in with them, created a major there, and we started the firm in my summer job in between the the two years at Wharton. How did you two come together in the first place? Well, while he was in Philadelphia with his own firm, I was here in Kansas City starting up my own firm, but we met through our professional association of fee-only financial planners, and we looked around and there were just a few of us that were the young ones Mm -hmm. back then, so we all kind of hung out together and that's how we met. So how did you two end up in Kansas City and decide to start a job, a company here? Well, we each had our own firm, and um, we just merged them together, and the location was easy because Kathy had kids, and I never had any kids, so, you know, we wanted to stay here to help her raise her kids here. There is, of course, a twist to this partnership. Not only are you two in business together, but you're married to each other. How have you negotiated both? Easily. Well, how hard can it be? (laughs) Piece of cake. <laughs> piece, of, piece of cake. Okay, we'll leave it at that. And no, 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 no. It's, you know, no, it's perfectly fine. We, you know, it, it's 24 hours a day that we do this. Mm-hmm. We talk about this. We talk about the firm. When the kids were little, you know, we'd have dinner and, you know, Kathy's daughter would tell us, stop talking about fees. All you do is talk about fees. We don't want to talk anymore about fees. Let's talk about something else. But it's, you know, it's just the way... You know, you did it. And we have sort of a, you know, the shtick is, of course, we're the a couple advising, in many cases, other couples and other families. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can relate to the individual partners in different ways. 
Uh, we do. We've created a division of labor really over the years where I do more of the investment side of things and Kathy does the planning part. Now we have a whole staff of people doing all that. So we really are now focused on the, each client's big family picture, the critical things. How are they you know, what, how are they planning to transfer wealth in their family? How are they going to make charitable contributions of significant sizes? How are they educating their children? Um, you know, real, the important family issues. Sure. What would you consider your biggest success? You know, give us your best story. Wow. I, I think, I don't know if I can think of one story or it might be too specific, but we consider it a success every time the client gets it and understands what we do and is grateful that we're here to do what we do and help them to keep on the path toward retirement or beyond that toward staying stable uh, financially for the rest of their lives. And when they get that and they're comfortable with that, then they can go do what they want to do. They can live their lives and this business of their own personal finances doesn't have to take up all their time. We can run that part of the business of their lives and they can go do what they want. I don't know about a specific well, in general story. we consider our biggest success, you know, when the clients who are by the way, you know, paying us substantial amounts of money for our help and advice and guidance, when they thank us, you know, even though they're paying us a lot of money, they thank us and then the ultimate test is, you know, the hug test. Exactly. You know, we finish our meeting and they want to hug us and feel like we're part of the family and they include us in their family circumstances or events or just go to go out to dinner or whatever. That's really, you know, how we feel we're successful. It's hard to beat that measurement, isn't it? How about your greatest challenges? What have you learned over the years? I think because we are so intimate with the families, they they would really like us to help their children, their adult children. And I think that is a great challenge because what we've learned, what I've learned is we can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Mm -hmm. And that's very difficult because we really want to help the parents in that situation be able to help their whole family. And we just, we can't do it successfully if we've got a kid who's not interested in listening to us. Looking back, what are some of the changes you've seen in the financial world or people's approach to investing? Howard, that's one yeah, for you. Sure. Well, you know, a little bit of what I said before, we can expand on. It's, you know, there's been this movement away from brokers and selling commissions, all of that in the investment world. And there's been massive involvement over the last few decades with people you know, becoming involved in investing really through their retirement plans at work, right? People used to have a pension and you just retired and you got a watch and your pension check mm -hmm. every month. Now you have 401k plans. And anybody with any sense is participating in the in their 401k plan, and they're then required to make active decisions about, you know, what are they going to put in there, how much are they going to, how are they going to invest it, you know, and that that gives them a you know an end entree into the investing world. Um, there's of course an explosion of of media and investment news and channels, and you know, and there's so much information that you know it's to the point where it's very. Yeah, it's deafening to people. Yeah, some would argue that there's too much information, and the key now is not to get their information, but try to process and sort it. Right, and it's all out noise, it and is. that's the key thing. You know, one most important thing I do is listen to all the information and try to, you know, filter it out so the clients only, you know, are, are exposed to what they really need to know mm -hmm. about things. 
over the last three decades, what has stayed fairly constant? Well, that's easy. We all know the only constant is change, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons we exist. People do have a hard time filtering through all that information out there, and there are lots of changes constantly to deal with. I spend more of my time in the tax area, and that as we know, changes all the time, Mm -hmm. and people get confused, and they need to be able to turn to someone objective to help them figure out how to navigate that whole area and what what, how to optimize their whole tax situation. And that goes beyond current income taxes and into estate taxes. So we spend a lot of time here at this company dealing with uh, taxes and helping people. I think, to me, what stayed constant is the clients. I think people's goals haven't changed you know the world has changed around them and the magnitude of their goals might change but people still want to reach a point of financial independence they still want to live within their means they still want their children to be successful and educated and you know and to have a successful family financial structure that hasn't changed at all it's but it's, it's really the core of what we do since you've started, we've lived through some significant financial bumps. Just a few to, to remind us. Dot-com bubble, recessions in the early 1990s and early 2000s, 9-11, subprime mortgage crisis, housing bubble, global financial crisis, auto industry crisis, COVID, and more. It's enough, it's enough to make an investor turn green. How do you handle stormy seas? What advice do you give your clients? It's the, it's the fundamental aspect of what we do is in, you know, you're, and you're asking more about investment issues for the most part. You can't make investment decisions and take actions in, 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 in either in a vacuum or when you're immersed in all this turmoil. The critical thing is to have a plan. So everything that we do from an investment standpoint is derived from the underlying plan. You know, the analogy I always use is, you know, we build the plan first, and that's sort of the car. And the investment portfolio then becomes the correct engine to put into that vehicle. Um, if you have a financial plan and you have an investment strategy, it makes it easy to ride through these things. Sure, things are going to go up and down. You're going to suffer losses. You're going to stress out or lose sleep at night. But if you can always return to the plan and say, are we doing what we said we're going to do? You know, It gives you that foundation where you know, you're, you, you'll come through the other side and you'll be successful. Looking forward, what do you see? And this could either be about the, the business, about the industry, about the economy. Anything else you want to <laughs> polish off your crystal ball and look at? I think financial services, especially financial planning, has finally come into its own. Like, like we said earlier, we both started in the 80s and no one ever heard of financial planning. So the good news for our firm is that people have heard of it now and people seek it out and they're not shy about admitting that they're going to a financial planner. It no longer means, you know, you're so wealthy that you can't hang out with your friends anymore, so they shouldn't know you do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's becoming an essential service and people understand it. You can get an education now in colleges in financial planning. That didn't exist for either one of us, so that's all relatively new. So it's a bright future for financial planning for those of us who actually do financial planning and can really help people in all those areas in their financial life. Mm-hmm. What's the best advice you might give to an investor or somebody thinking about starting to build their nest egg? That's easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've given the same, said the same thing for years and years and years, and it's especially geared towards younger people to start out. What's the best advice you can give to an investor or somebody thinking about building their nest egg? Well, that's easy. I've given the same, you know, 
advice geared towards younger people starting out and mm -hmm. you know because the most important thing is to start on the right foot and there are two important things people need to do everybody should encourage their kids to do these two things from as early an age as possible and that is number one as soon as you have a job and that job almost always now comes with a retirement plan a 401k plan or a 403b plan depending on who your employer is mm -hmm. first step is contribute the, at least the maximum amount to that plan that you can afford and especially make sure you get all of the employers matching contribution it's free money and if you continue to just contribute over your entire working career at that level you know and have a reasonable investment choice within that plan sure. you will become financially independent it's only a question of how long it'll take and so second don't have any credit card debt live within your means it's really simple define your cash flow by what you make minus what you contribute to your long-term retirement savings don't live beyond your means with credit cards and that's the point the whole point is that the most important aspect everybody thinks it's because they're going to make a great investment and that investment is going to make them wealthy it isn't the investing it's the savings you know if it's the savings part that makes it up you know we've all seen the example where if somebody saves x dollars between the time they're 25 and 45 you know and then stop saving by the time they're 65 they will you know be wealthy and financially independent but somebody who doesn't save anything until they're 45 and then tries to catch up it's virtually impossible so the critical thing is it's the savings and you're talking about discipline, self-discipline as much as anything. It's Deferred about. gratification, self-discipline, things that are missing in our world in many cases. But Absolutely. That's, that's the key to many things. Anything else either of you would like to mention? Well, I would just say, like anything else, don't be afraid to turn to a professional. You're not going to perform your own surgery on yourself. I don't know why anyone would think that they can take this complicated ultra super important topic of their personal finances and try to do it alone in a world of too much information and misinformation and contradictory information and think that they'll be okay they really will win to get the professional advice kathy howard thank you thank you ron, Thanks, my, ron. my pleasure Stepan rothwell is a national firm headquartered in the kansas city area they are fee-only, providing objective insights and comprehensive financial guidance for you and your family. This helps you make informed decisions without conflict. You can reach them at 913-345-4800 or at stepanrothwell.com. Nothing in this presentation should be understood as providing financial or investment guidance. Investing in stock markets involves the risk of loss. You should construe no portion of this content as a guarantee you will experience the same or a certain level of results or satisfaction if Stepan Rothwell is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of their most current written disclosure brochure discussing their advisory services, fees, and conflicts is available upon request. On behalf of Kathy Stepp, Howard Rothwell, and everyone at Stepp and Rothwell, thank you for listening.